you wanted the best, but they couldn't be here, so you were listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, <laughs> episode 78. And we're sorry. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. My name is Greg, and I'm joined as always by Rob. He is sorry. And Jimmy. Rock and roll! I totally we discuss pop Rick culture, entertainment, <laughs> the Mandela and, effect, <laughs> and a bunch of other random crap, and a little bit of nostalgia. So here is the deal. We are going to apologize in advance for the things we are going to discuss tonight, as it does – just because we are talking about them does not mean that mm. two of the three of us approve of them, and one of the three of us <laughs> is ashamed that he approves of them. He's not ashamed. We're no, going to let you figure out who is who. Yes. <laughs> And there's going to be a lot uh, of nostalgia, and yeah. this was the episode I feel personally that I was born to talk about as I was a huge fan mm -hmm. of this book. It is one of the first rock and roll books I ever read, and that is the book The Dirt, and it is now, of course, a Netflix show called The Dirt. And as far as the script is concerned, I think that's all we got. Anyone? Did you guys do anything interesting that we can talk about? Rob, did you do anything? Did you see any of the I, new movies that came out or anything like that? We're very, very well prepared here, guys. I do, I do lots of things. Um, uh, stuff that I we're going to actually be allowed to talk about, according to your lawyer. Oh well, I mean, if you want to tie my hands, Jesus. Um, oh, I I bought a lottery ticket yesterday, and I fully expect to win since it was Jesus who sold me my lottery ticket. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah, um, thank you, Jesus. Uh, if you do win and you write a book about it, the book name of the book should be "Thank You, Jesus." It, or Jesus sold me my lottery probably. ticket. One of the two. One of the two. One of the two. Yes. Um, oh, God. What was that movie that came out this weekend? Now I can't even remember. Us. Did you go see Us? I did. I did see Us. Uh, okay. Uh, Didn't you say you were going to go see it? Yeah, neither of us got a chance to. Oh, my God. I got sick. I don't want to hear your excuses. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm well, we'll, we'll figure something out here. Right Let's uh, – maybe we'll talk – we're definitely going to talk about The Dirt. I haven't yet decided if we're going to talk about Us because I don't want to be spoiled and I have to edit this. <laughs> we don't want to be narcissistic, so – Yes. <laughs> we're not going to talk about Us. Let's talk about Us. Uh, I don't know. I think if you wanted to talk about it, I could – well – Yeah, but then I have to edit it and then I will ruin everything and, you know. Oh, yeah. Because we both fully intend on go see yes. it. going to see so it. So we'll figure it out. I will, say, I will say it was good and I liked it. Okay, great. That works. Looking forward to hearing the full review. And There was one thing I could have done without, but I'll let you figure that out. Okay. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, speaking of things that we could do without, I'm about to rant. I'm going to rant about something at the end of the show. The rant has been pushed back for several weeks because my previous time I was going to do it, it got taken over by the Super Bowl. So I'm going to talk about something that's very important, very pressing, and possibly very controversial. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Rob, <sighs> could you please warn our listeners about some spoilers? Spoilers. We got them. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> this is a review show. You're probably going to get some spoilers. If you want to if you want to read all of the history about Motley Crue, you're probably going to want to miss this episode. Yeah. But if you want to get a a Cliff's Notes version of it, we're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you good. <laughs> wow. Uh, I feel very I'm uncomfortable <laughs> saying that in this episode <laughs> because we're going to make you feel dirty is what we're going to do. <laughs> 
Wait, oh, no. Man. Never mind. What? Say it. Well, no, I was I was saying we're gonna make you feel good, and nobody took oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. As in Doctor Feelgood. There you go. All right, nice job. Sorry, I was actually considering seeing how many references I can get in there on, on this episode, but I was scared it was going to ruin the actual content. You know, but it might have to happen. Yeah, what do we care yeah. about content? Yeah, we'll live we'll live a little bit on the wild side. Okay, so uh, let's uh, keep going here. Uh, what what's new? I know I just stole Rob's line on the, the well, script here, but yeah, that's that's all right. <laughs> it, it was it was headed off the rails, and you put us back yeah. on. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Greg. Um, <laughs> well, one one thing that came out very recently is a show that I have enjoyed. I haven't really watched a whole lot of it this season, but a show that I've that I've enjoyed for a number of years has finally announced that it's going to be ending, and it's not Walking Dead, even though I really feel like they've died off already, and they're. Last episode was the lowest viewed, I believe. Um, really, in series history, the last yes. episode was fantastic, except for has, the direct TV thing. That's what off. I heard. Has Lauren Cohen or Lauren Cohen? Uh, she's she on a yet? show called Whiskey uh, Cavalier. Cavalier, and I've started watching I like that. I like the tone of it too. Um, we'll talk about that someday, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, this was the episode that if you've read the comics, but she hasn't left Walking yeah, Dead yet. She left, or has she? Um, cause they kind of flash forward. Okay. They haven't really said where she is. Um, but the episode wasn't planning on talking about this, but the, if you have direct TV, the episode, you thought it ended because the direct TV didn't record the whole thing. And what there's 20 minutes and it was possibly some of the most 20 minute, most important 20 minutes of the recent era. Um, what? so if you've read the books, I'll just say, uh, posts, but, Okay. So oh yeah. I saw so that. if you actually did miss that, according to your mm-hmm. your DVR from whatever company, didn't get it set up right, you can go on to AMC and watch the entire yeah. episode live for free or for free online. Have you, have you seen it, Rob? I I haven't seen any episodes from this season. Okay, never mind. Yes. Tell us about I, Supernatural. Okay, Supernatural has announced that they are ending. They're Aww. they're they are going to be entering their fifteenth season. It's crazy to think that they've survived this long. But it they're is. En- they're entering their 15th season this fall, but they have announced that it will be their final season. Mm. So, um, like I said, I've I've watched – I've actually watched all of the seasons up to this season, um, whether it be through streaming or whether it be live as it's aired or whatever. I haven't really followed it so much this season, but I'll probably pick it up once it once it's put out on Netflix because Netflix has all the seasons. Mm-hmm. As far as how do I feel about it, I think it's overdue. <laughs> I mean, I like – don't get me wrong. I like the show. I really like yeah. the show. But I felt that they could have ended it in a good spot after season three, and I was, I was mm, kind wow. of surprised that they kept going. And after season three, I felt like it would have been a great spot to end the show. It would have been a bittersweet ending, but it would have been a good ending as far as being well-written. And I think that's actually where the writers initially intended for the show to stop, if I remember correctly. That's what they were saying. They initially intended for the show to to end after season three. Hmm. But it was so popular. They had so much uh, feedback on it that they just kept it going, and they kept it going for another 12 years. Well— how do you feel, Rob? Um, I, I, like you said, I guess. But yeah, it's a I mean, sad. I, it's 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 a little sad. I do enjoy the show, but I, I think 
I'm hoping that the, that they'll end it on a good spot. And I can't really answer that question until they actually do end it. So once gotcha. they end it, I'll I'll give you some feedback on see how I let you know whether or not I like where they ended it. Oh, maybe I'll have to watch the last season when you do. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else? There sure is. Give it to us because I think I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Now this has gone viral, and it might not be anything new, but. If you guys haven't heard this, you definitely need to look it up. A high school in New Jersey put on an alien, put on alien as a stage play. And it was awesome. awesome. So a a couple of the clips that you can see online are the face hugger scene. Which is awesome. (laughs) He's looking into the thing. Um, There's a scene. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene where the, um, one of the space Marines, uh, it, it gets, shoots and ejects the alien from the escape pod. Um, but you definitely need to look it up. It's, I, I, I mean, the director has got to be a fan and I think it's great that, you know, alien or aliens has been exposed to another generation. We have, whoa, 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 whoa. we're not exposing anything. We're not exposing alien. The, we're not exposing the aliens. But the movie is being introduced to a new generation, and I think it's beautiful. It's one of my favorite horror films of all time. I, I think it's just amazing that they need, you know, that they they've it's, done. It's this. awesome on so many levels. Uh, the narrative, the fact yeah, that like let's move, yeah, let's, the costuming, yeah, the fact let's, that they build it themselves, even the technology, the costuming. Into, even if you're not into theater, but you're an artist, you could. Like this kid's got to build a set. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a engineer, yeah. you got to figure out how to build this costume, how to make things move around, how to make the little egg pod open. Super cool. And no budget. Like, yeah, no, I, I think, I think these kids definitely need to market on their resumes for their, you know, film school entries. And I think they should all get in there without, uh, is that like, is having that, yeah, to, they, uh, to pay an absorbent amount for it. <laughs> they look at it. You, USC that, like, film school. Even, it's like a club. It's not even a film. It's not even like a drama department. I've heard they've got a couple of <laughs> openings anyway. Yeah, I guess they do. Really? It's not even – oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's basically was put on by this teacher, and they, they did it all together. And, I mean, it went viral, so it's entirely possible that now they're going to get a little bit of funding, but everything was done by them. Nice. Well, I think I think they should all be very proud of their production. Um I don't know whether they should expect any funding or anything like that, but well, like local businesses and stuff. Could the, do that. I, I love to hear the crowd go nuts. I love, yeah, true. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I love to hear the people in the audience react to. You know, it was genuinely pretty scary when they showed the alien for the first time. So I love, I love the title of this article, by the way. Or is it is it an article or is it a link? No, it's Barstool Sports. So that's it's Barstool. The t- yeah, yeah. The name of the art, the the title of the article is a high school in New Jersey put on Alien as a stage play and it ruled so hard. It did, yeah. That's so check out the videos. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible for you know, great job. And I've got one more thing, if you okay. will um, allow me just for a second here. I know it's like kind of local news and it doesn't affect a lot of people, but if you're within earshot of the Give Me Five Studios, I highly highly encourage that you. Uh, do a Google search for Greenwood Cemetery Moonlight Guided Walking Tour. It is in the um, this pretty famous Greenwood Cemetery, which holds the remains of a lot of you know big players in Orlando's history. Uh, it is one of the mo- most active. Uh, help me out with the word. 
Haunted, haunted uh, Supernatural. Hey. There you go. There you go. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's the word you couldn't figure out? It's literally right Where are you, bro? <laughs> but it is... Uh, Look up two uh, to, uh, paragraphs or two sentences. Oh. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm saying it's worth knitting for locals because the uh, the tour, it's offered monthly. It's free. The caveat to that is you have to register. And you have to go to the website to find out when registration opens because I've been trying to get tickets to this for like four months because the registration opens at 9 a.m. Uh, early in each month and they're gone within two minutes. Jeez. So the tour is uh, guided by a man named Don Price. He's a local Orlando historian. He's the former sexton, sexton of the Greenwood Cemetery. Um, I guess that's like the head of the cemetery. But it was a really good time. It's a couple hours. It's walking. It's going to start getting hot here soon. So try and get there, you know, as soon as possible. It's a great time. Learn a lot about Orlando history and just uh, take a really cool walking tour of a cemetery at night when you're, you know, normally going to get arrested for that. Very cool. <laughs> Did you see any any ghosts? No, because these little – these little wonderful children, I'm sure – they're wonderful. We're running around with their their cell their cell phones. They're like four and five. They're running around with their cell phones at like adult height with the flashlight on a hundred percent. Oh jeez. And everybody just kept going, Come on, could you not with the flashlight pointed at the ground? And the mom was just oblivious to it. And when the man was trying to talk, they were like running and stomping around and crunching on all the leaves. I mean, it was cool to see that they were interested in that kind of stuff, but control your damn children and at the end of the night when someone said to the mom your kids are really bothering us she said i don't have any kids <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Supernatural. i got a couple things real quick uh this actually happened last week but we didn't get a chance to talk about it because we had too much other stuff to talk about uh disney slash marvel did rehire james gunn to work on uh Gal guardians of the galaxy part three Yes, because I, mm -hmm. I think that Guardians of the Galaxy is totally a product of his brain and his creativity. Yeah, really. not only to work on, but to co-write and direct. So, yeah, uh, word is that they never even sought anyone else. Yeah, and, uh, it was stupid that they hired him. It was a yeah. hit job by some. It, it was, was a hit job by someone who actually said exactly the same kind of stuff, but not in a joking manner. And I think they realized the error of their ways. In some ways. I don't think it was a good thing that he was fired. However, in some ways, it might lead to some good stuff because he was immediately hired by DC to work on Suicide Squad Part 2, which was kind of a fun movie, but also very bad. The first Maybe one. it won't <laughs> suck! <laughs> and he is going to continue directing that, and he has started recasting certain parts and moving certain people into different positions. So welcome back, James Gunn. I'm looking forward to what you do, and it's, of course, going to be many years before he gets a chance to do anything, so it'll be... Probably, I don't know, three yeah. or four years now. Well, looking for, looking forward to the James Gunn produced Brightburn as well. So. Yeah, that looks terrifying. The the evil Superman story. Yeah, it does. Or evil Superboy story, I guess. Uh, good trailer on that one. And uh, we got to do it. I, I don't like anything that's internet-related challenge, but we do <laughs> live know, in Florida. Good. This did yeah, go viral yeah. this past week. I'm so excited to tell my and Florida. I, I would like to go week. and do the Florida Man Challenge. Rob, are you aware of the Florida Man Challenge? I am not aware of the Florida uh, Man. So, if you, okay. so while we're talking, uh, type in Florida Man and your birthday. Not like the date, but like Florida Man and then, you know, your birthday, uh, month and day. And 
it'll whatever uh, you're gonna probably come up with a bunch <laughs> of like articles about the Florida Man Challenge, but scroll down until you find one that like the the tagline or the the dateline is your birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Okay. And we're going to see you as the most ridiculous Florida man challenge. So what what Florida Man Challenge was was you type in Florida Man and your birthday, like I just said, and figure out what article shows up for that day. You're pretty much going to find one every day of the year. Florida is ridiculous now. They yeah. do actually release all the police reports. Yeah. That's why it seems like they're more ridiculous than other states. And they, quite frankly, are more ridiculous than other states. So, Jimmy? This one, yeah, this one's a lot more harmless. And I really don't mind doing it um, because it's not the floor is lava. It's not, you know, one of these ones that's going to get you yeah, hurt not like or anything like a that. a gallon of bleach because it's the bleach challenge or something stupid like that. Yeah. I don't know how one would eat bleach, but that's okay. Just eat the album, please. Yes, by that's Nirvana. what you do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you have to do. Crunch, uh, crunch, crunch. This is delicious. All right. So mine, I was like, okay, I hadn't heard of this before. Um, but mm-hmm. I did mine. You ready? Drum roll. All right. February 15th. There you Florida go. man. Thank you. Florida man claiming people were eating his brains leads police on insane golf course chase. <laughs> No, fortunately, nobody was hurt in this story except for probably the man's pride. But he did lead the police on a very large chase because people were, quote, eating his brains. Nice, nice. I got uh, Florida man thought he stole opioids, got laxatives instead. (laughs) Gee, how did he find that out? Florida man accused of stealing pills thought he was stealing opioids until he realized he had stolen laxatives instead. The alleged pill thief, 56-year-old Peter Emery... Thought he had swiped opioids. And they, wow, this article is very poorly written. Uh, basically, he broke into someone's lockbox, poured out the pills from a bottle that was labeled hydrocodone. Uh, and it was a pain medicine. They were just so addictive. embarrassed. He ate a whole bunch of them, and it turned out that they were uh, gen- uh, Equate Gentle Laxative. So a, not even a name brand. It was the generic form of a laxative. And then had a had a, well, a, a fun day in the the prison lockup with all those other people just pooping his brains out i'm assuming <laughs> well, hopefully nobody exactly. tried to eat this and speaking brains. of pooping their brains out rob oh hell no that is <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> do we have one we can't read no i well um no i think we can read it but i i'm i'm trying to someone definitely had out. sex with an alligator um, I got... <laughs> there's no way but the one I got was half-nude Florida man wearing underwear marked breathalyzer blow here. <laughs> no, it was arrested, you. Arrested for DUI. <laughs> uh. <laughs> there was a vampires one. There was Florida man burns down house because he was afraid of vampires. So, so Rob, are you going with the um, half-nude Florida man wearing underwear yep. marked breathalyzer? <laughs> I, well, I, all I got was that little blurb. It didn't really say much. Anyway, that's the Florida Band Challenge. We we are Close all enough. coming to you from Florida. <laughs> Florida Band 88. Florida Band 88 burns raccoon over eating mangoes. <laughs> Poor oh, raccoon. Fuck. That's not it's, funny it's for the funny. raccoon. <laughs> Poor thing. And there's – there's, the Florida thrower. man throws samurai sword at yeah. sheriff's deputies. That I I remember that story actually. But but this one they actually have a picture of it and it's 
friggin' hilarious. Florida man 72 tries to mow down neighbor with tractor. <laughs> and they've got a picture of a dude on a tractor and a guy just kind of jogging in front of it. He's got uh, a little bit of okay, a terrifying so look yeah, on We his live face. in a, yeah. a messed up state. Oh, God. This state. My, my state is awesome. <laughs> Florida. Florida man arrested for throwing sausages at his mom. I remember that one, actually. <laughs> that was recent, I think. Florida is very interesting because you've got the major metropolitan areas, your Miami's, Palm Beaches, Jacksonville, Orlando, and then all of everywhere in between is just And then you've got crazy the most stuff. backwoods. Like. Okay, so let, let's move on here. Uh, I've never con- considered Florida the South, but... Oh, dear. Okay, the last one. One more. <laughs> Armless Florida man charged after allegedly using feet to stab tourists. <laughs> you just hang it on on city walk? <laughs> I don't know. I just picture it some armless, some armless dude hopping around on one foot with a knife between his toes trying to kick somebody. Oh, my uh. God. Well, we're probably going to get some messages about this, but we did get another yes. message about got? our last week's uh, top five. Um, you guys, first of all, out there listening, you must really like uh, Love, Death, and mm-hmm. Robots, or Love, Death, and Rob, as we called it, because uh, that episode had a lot of first-day downloads mm-hmm. and some comments. And uh, again, one of our listeners, uh, you've heard of him, you know him as Jubals, he gave us a top five. He preferred Ice Age first. His his The reason I'm reading this is his list yeah, is, is actually very different than a lot of ours. Uh, Ice Edge is number five. It's one that had some real life people in it. Uh, Lucky 13, Beautiful. which was one of Jimmy's favorite, and actually all of ours. Sony's Edge, number three, which is the <laughs> one that opened up the series, and Beyond the Aquila Rift, and Three Robots. This is number one. Okay. So more of the comedy. Yeah, what the hell, so. Jubals? Only well, thank you for that. less than half of yours had an, any any nudity in it. Uh, yeah, it's weird. But uh, thank you. Thank you. Keep that kind of stuff coming in. We love hearing from people. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we actually have watched from people mm-hmm. commenting and send, you know, sending us information. And thanks, Jubals. Appreciate it, man. You're still my f- favorite person on uh, Galaxy Heroes. Well, we are going to jump right over to The Dirt, the Netflix film. I was super excited when this was coming out. Like I said earlier, I read the book. It was Motley Crue for a very short period of time. It was my all-time favorite band. Me and all my friends would get together. There was a mythology around this band. We would talk about, like, what's the real names and... What does this wow. song mean? And did you dress like him? We definitely did not dress like him. It was really hard to find leather suspenders back in South Florida. In your size? Yeah, in my size. I was, yeah, you when they like were at their peak, I was 14? You know, 11, 12, 13 years old. And you see all of the okay. uh, big haired, like blonde ladies in the videos. You can kind of understand why I thought they were freaking awesome. So there was definitely a little bit of that. And one of the things you have to kind of remember is we talk through all of this stuff is there was no internet mm. back then nope. to actually and to actually show photos of all this stuff happening. So you kind of thought stuff was happening. It was kind of one of those like rumor based things where everyone's like, "Oh, so did you know that Nikki Six died for two hours?" And you're like, "Well, did he?" And like some people believed it, some people didn't. Turned out, or two hours, two minutes, all of these little things. And then you hear the songs. You like everything you knew about the band came from what Metal Edge magazine or Rip or what were the other ones? Krang, not the Hit Parader. Nintendo Power? Definitely not Nintendo yep. Power. Spin. Yeah, Spin, that was the other one. So you'd hear it from that, from MTV News, from... And then you'd have to, like, get the album and, like, 
pour through the liner notes to see like how all these things connected. So it was kind of a cool era. And I don't think any of us. I understand what you mean by hmm? that. I said, I understand what you mean by that. Yeah. I don't. And you know, like even when they would come to in con- come in concert, I wasn't really old enough to go see them at their peak, but when they would come in concert, like you couldn't just hop online and maybe kind of get tickets. You had to wait out outside. Yeah. And you had to wait outside of tracks music for us. It was, uh, either an Eckerd or a specs music specs. Yeah. And you'd wait outside and you'd camp out and you'd meet all these cool people and you'd get your tickets. And then you'd like, if you met someone that you wanted to meet again or see again, you'd have to like wait for the show and hope you ran into them. Exchange phone numbers. You'd have to call up their house. And it was just, it was just a cool time. And I don't think any of us would say that this movie is genius by any stretch. But I loved it. <laughs> Did you? I've not All right. because it was good. Because it was it, because, yeah. uh, as people say, nostalgia and everything else that Motley Crue was on is a powerful drug. <laughs> they were on some powerful drugs. So let's get into the details real quick. So this is a Netflix original. It had bounced around a little bit before uh, landing its its home on Netflix. It is directed by Jeff Tremaine. The movie stars Douglas Booth as. Nikki Six, Colson Baker, aka Machine Gun Kelly, as Tommy Lee, Daniel Weber as Vince Neil, and Ewan Rion as Mick Mars. I tried my best. Yeah, Ramsey Bolton as Mick Mars. As Mick Mars. And of course, uh, so uh, based- Pete or was it Pete Davidson as uh, um, their manager as Tom Zutat. Zutat. Yes. Uh, so it's based on the book The Dirt. Confessions of the World's Most Notorious Rock Band. Which has some crazy-ass pictures. So, Greg, what do you got, man? About the dirt? About about all of it? Yeah. So, So, well, I I can remember, and I mentioned tracks music specifically. Um, This is in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm pretty sure my brother went to a a signing. Yeah, this was when bands actually used to do, like, Hmm. album signings. Before they would play... major show in the city they would do an album signing a day or two before and i'm sure only like one or two of them were there because they were probably getting pissed at the bar but um yeah i I remember that man long lines it was like best buy on a black friday you know so now i always find it interesting that some of these bands eventually as time goes on you they get i see the word sanitized here which i think we're going to talk about later but they get sanitized like yeah if you saw the lego movie too they actually use kickstart my heart in there and i find it so weird that like when you look back at all the stuff that he did and for the most part this movie is spot on in fact the book is actually way worse than the movie and i think part of that is they couldn't really show some of the things yep. that's in the book part of it is it would some of it would make it there's probably some legal bummer. things hmm? yeah some illegal things some of it like that uh, <laughs> probably some things they mm-hmm. are not allowed to talk about and then some things that are like you know maybe not good for narrative or not good for that kind of stuff, but the stuff that they showed mostly happened like it did. Maybe different locations. That's just filming related stuff, you know, things like that. And so, just overall, just a, just a quick overview. What did you guys think? And actually, I guess Rob, you're you're not the music, I the big music it. person, as we all know. I think from coming from you, like, what did you know about the band? Did you know any of this stuff? Or um, no, I I knew I, okay. I knew none of this going in. Um, I. <laughs> I actually didn't know that Tommy Lee was the drummer. Um, but I, I found the, I found the, is this, I mean, are we calling this a documentary or was this a docudrama perhaps it's, well, here's the, it's like co-produced by all the members of the band. Right. So 
I would say it's a documentary, a docudrama because it's acted. Right. I I found it to be very very entertaining. Um, I I questioned the validity of some things at some points, but so uh, and. And it really brought to my attention Florida, or not Florida, but in this in this country, we have a horrendous problem with the the valuing of punishments oh, yeah. as far as yes. driving and homicide <laughs> is concerned. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, I mean, they, he says he says in the movie that he got he got uh, he was sentenced to a month and only served 19 days in jail for for DUI and vehicular manslaughter. He basically killed his passenger. Was drunk. Now, did because I talked with somebody about that. Did he actually swerve into the another lane, or did somebody run a light and hit him? Was that something that they changed for the show, or? I think he swerved into another lane, but it wasn't. It didn't look like that. Um, I went. I actually went on Google Maps to the location where it happened. It was one of those roads where you have like the um, the condominiums on top of the the garages. One, it was not a road that you should ever be going fast enough to kill somebody on because um, it was definitely like what we in Florida would probably call an alleyway right, right. behind houses or something. Okay. It looked like that, but again, it might've changed since then because I found the exact location and it, it was a little um, not someplace you'd want to be driving yeah. fast. So yeah. um, uh, we'll, we'll get, we're going to get back to that. So um, actually I, I find that very interesting is like, do you remember any of the things that you thought were kind of crazy? Um, like not real. Some of it I remember when it happened, so it, I can like verify it. Or some of the the pool scene definitely one hundred percent real, mm. and it's worse in real life. I okay, we'll so I while Rob's kind of checking the old mental codex there, um, I remember hearing about these things later on in like VH1s. You know, this is the eighties. Yep. Uh, yeah. VH1 behind the music um, is where they. I remember it. hearing about Nikki Nikki Six dying um and then coming back and not comprehending it at all i didn't i didn't get it and i remember seeing probably kurt loader talking about it on mtv news um the other things um which i'm sure we'll get to the ozzy osbourne incident um a lot of the things vince neal's manslaughter um a lot of talk about groupies i heard about that stuff on behind the music um now, the, the Ozzy Osbourne thing, since we're talking about it real quick, um, that was actually their first big tour. It was the Bark at the Moon tour with Ozzy. So there was the first time they were kind of, I want to say, away from Bark at the urine on the ground. Yeah, so they were basically trying to out, not gross each other because other bands have done that, but out, like, do each other. And Ozzy couldn't find cocaine, so he does. He did snort a line of ants. Actually, first he licked up his own urine. And then, well, in, in the that was in the movie, but I believe he snorted ants first, and then he peed on the ground and and snorted licked that up or something like that but then Nikki Six is like yeah licked it up and then Nikki was gonna do it too and then Ozzy kind of pushes him out of the way and does it also at which point they basically are like yeah, Ozzy wins no one's gonna beat Ozzy mind you Ozzy has then become like family friendly entertainment from the Osbournes reality show after this whole thing happened but um the thing that they didn't show in the movie was um <laughs> Tommy Lee Tommy Lee being told to babysit Ozzy Osbourne and take him up in the elevator to his room, and Ozzy Osbourne decides to poop on the floor of the elevator, which Tommy Lee actually is like, no, dude, there's people, there's families around, you can't do that. Just wait till you get to your room. So he gets him to his room, Tommy Lee brings him into his room, and is like, okay, I'm leaving. And Ozzy's like, no, hold on, you said you, you said to wait till I get to my room, and then he poops on the floor of his room, 
and proceeds to start smearing it on the walls as Tommy Lee is like, I'm out. <laughs> going back to the pool. Did, it, did you pull anything up? The, um, one, of, one of the things I remembered was their, um, their first gig um, where uh, the, it, the, the, fight. the fight broke out and then they got up and played. That uh, actually happened, not to that extent. Okay. Because I was questioning a little bit because it, it sure looked like, who was it, Nikki Six? Just absolutely wrecks his guitar over somebody's head. Uh, that's the part I believe did happen. Oh, that did happen? Oh. <laughs> Everything else, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was it was a big barroom brawl. Like, 15, 15 people were involved, and then they're like, all right, let's go play. And I'm like, all right. Uh, different different era. Crew. Motley Crew. So there is, uh, that, it was a different era, um... And I do believe that actually happened. A lot of that stuff happened because, you know, they were in full costume, drag, whatever. And, of course, people will say whatever they're going to say. And, you know, these guys were street punks for the most part. And they're like, oh, you're going to call us whatever word I'm not going to say on this year podcast. And they kind of got pissed. So that website is very slow. Okay, so let us uh, move on. So, Jimmy, you said something very interesting to me today. And uh, it was that it made you like them less. Yeah, it made me like them less as people. Um, now I didn't, I wasn't consciously aware of them when I when they were out. I was what they their first tour was before I was even born. Um, so there are my earliest memories were hearing about Nikki Six was Doctor Feelgood, and I remember Doctor Feelgood coming out from this band that was so popular several years ago, and it was like. Oh, they're back. Mm -hmm. So that's the disconnect I had with it. Now, I didn't find out about songs like Kickstart My Heart, which I think is really funny that it's in the Lego 2 movie because it's about Nikki Six's heart getting restarted yep. with adrenaline after a heroin overdose. Um, Too Fast for Love, Girls, Girls, Girls. Uh, what's the one I'm, th I'm forgetting? My two favorite, uh, Kickstart My Heart. And I think the other Same one was situation. actually in Talladega Nights as well. Uh, no, nah, really fast one. Uh, Wild Tide or Girls, Girls, Girls? I'll figure it out. But don't worry about it. Um, but it made me just view them. It it didn't really humanize them for me. They I think they tried at the end. But I was just like, these guys were shitty. Now, you made mention that these guys were super young and it's, you know, no defense. Um Mm -hmm. but they With were just really and unleashed no one no one telling them to stop because as they Drugs. said the more stupid shit they did the more yeah. albums they sold the more girls liked them oh live, yeah live wire live wire live wire yeah of course very early video for theirs uh which i remember seeing and been like holy shit these guys are devil worshipers of course i had no concept of slayer or anything like that who aren't but anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, uh, for, for the record, I, I did find the article about that. This was written in 2016. Okay. Um, about the fight. Yeah. Uh, the band hadn't actually played a complete show at rehearsal. People were, of course, yelling at them, and um, they're giving us the bird. Uh, one meathead in a black ACDC shirt spit on my white leather pants without licking, without licking, without thinking. I left oh. off the stage mid-phrase and put him in a headlock and started pummeling him. Then Nikki Six joined in the fray. He hit the guy over the head with a with his white Thunderbird bass. He swung it forward like a circus-strength game mallet and cracked it over some guy's shoulder blade, as if there was a bell on the guy's head. 
Oh, if there was a bell on the guy's head, it would have gone through the roof. Uh, they actually were able to continue and played a couple more songs before they uh, had to go. <laughs> I find it very interesting that this movie came out kind of in the post-Me Too era. Mm-hmm. Completely was really not shy about showing all of the stuff that these guys actually did. Yeah, I hope nobody out there is like, hey, mom, let's watch this movie on Netflix. Yeah, because, you know, you all heard all these stories of of the various things with groupies and the various things with drug use and all of that kind of stuff and the way that women were objectified and thrown away and stuff like that. And they weren't shy about it. And, you know, there were, of course, because this movie came out, there was a big press thing where they're talking to all the people in the movie or the people that the movie is about. And they're like, well, this is what we were. And we might not be proud of it. You know, you could look back and be like, wow, that was fun. But at the same time, we are embarrassed about certain things that we did. And we would feel like it would be not cool to leave that, to take that stuff out just to make us look better. So I think it's it's kind of both good and bad. Right. But how much of the bad stuff did they leave out? Uh, like, there's there's that scene where, you know, Vince Neil and um, Razzle of Hanoi Rocks are in the car accident. And it really kind of humanizes Vince. Um, and then after that, he goes to jail. And after that, he has he, to he go. He was through. a mess after that. Yeah. And like, the, he. Unfortunate. He actually did go daughter. through. I'm sorry. He, he actually did go through quite a bit of survivor's mm-hmm. guilt. So, well, so like there were multiple, even when he was younger, it's not just like I'm looking back and I'm saying this stuff now to make myself look better. When he was younger, he actually wanted to be in jail for longer. He's like, I deserve to be here for longer. But remember at the point that they signed their record label and started making millions upon millions, signed with their record label and made millions upon millions, they didn't control their lives anymore. So it was the record label's attorneys that are like, no, you're getting out of jail. So it didn't matter what he said at that point. And of course, you know, he at the time, of course, you could either be in jail or not be in jail. But even the other members of the band... Um, yeah, I mean, which one would you pick? Yeah, like even the other members of Hanoi Rocks were like, we don't hold any grudges against Vince Neil because they were both drunk. They both Mm -hmm. got into the car. They were both goofing around and we miss our friend, but we don't really hold grudges about that kind of thing. Um, So there's that kind of thing. You know, there's, they left out everything involving Pamela Anderson. Uh, They left out, you know, like the the sex tape. Was that during, was that during Motley Crue? Because I I thought that was. It was, it would have been right around the time that they were getting back together at that like fisherman's pub kind of place. It would have been right around that Mm -hmm. era. Uh, they left that out. There was probably some either spousal or girlfriend abuse somewhere in there. They they did show one punch being thrown. Yeah, there was most yeah, likely was... more of that because they were very uh, particularly Tommy Lee is portrayed as a romantic, but he is also uh, super emotional and an alcoholic. So put those mm-hmm. put put romantic, super emotional, and alcoholic together and see what you know what happens. Um, in intense moments, there was definitely some cheating with other members of the band. I know they hinted, they hinted at it a little bit with like the manager, but there was definitely some of that type of stuff going on. Oh yeah. Well, and and Nikki Six with uh, with Tommy Lee's girlfriend slash fiance. Yeah. Yes. So there was they there was a couple other ones I think. Uh, Vince Neil was kind of the notorious ladies man. Um, and it's it's not really shady or anything but like vince neil not really a big metalhead type person he was definitely more of a surfer bum or surfer bum than just like girls or chicks as they would say yeah chicks man yeah uh so yeah this like as i 
the things I thought were very interesting, um, and this is where I, I get into my like constantly studying editing and filmmaking and all that kind of stuff. I did not like. I thought that the scene where they were all practicing, like the first time they all got together to play, um, with him singing and whatever, and like the girlfriend sitting on the couch. I thought it was a good scene and kind of cool, but I thought it could have been better. Where like you know they finally play, the girl's complaining, and then she says that whatever, like it should be heavier, darker, whatever, and they're like okay, and they did it, and she goes holy. That was also a scene I didn't think happened. Uh, that was that was a scene I thought was for for dramatic value. I believe so. Yes, because there was actually mm-hmm. a different lead singer first, so that was definitely changed. But I thought that what they could have done because that girl's like when it happened, she's like holy shit. Had they cut it back and pushed it back a little bit, they could have actually done a much better job with showing their their rise through like a montage kind of thing because they never really talk about the first album coming out because the the first album mm. came out and it kind of for an underground record that was really you know all the way across the country it kind of grew pretty quick it's like as i think we actually discussed this on the show once it's like one of the best debut albums of all time i think i think we put it in one of our lists i think i know jimmy definitely did mm. um which one was that too fast for love with, oh, yeah. of course live wire on it and like it turns out that it's one of their better albums still and like but they kind of just gloss over that and all of a sudden so it goes right from there to touring with ozzy osbourne to yeah, super like famous making you know and they don't even really mention Shadow yeah. of the Devil. They just kind of showed them in costume making the video. And I know it was probably a whirlwind, but uh, I love, that's the stuff I find interesting. Yeah, I love Andrew O'Neill's take on it. He's like, why Why are you shouting at the devil? Like, what What are you shouting to him? <laughs> I don't understand. Are you, like, are you admonishing him? Like, what are you? Future guest Andrew yeah. O'Neill, if I ever email his ass back. I'm slacking. Yeah, I gotta do, do it. That. So do that. Um, and then, of course, it just becomes drugs, alcohol, drugs, alcohol. He's going to hate this fucking episode. Yeah, most likely. Uh, I do. You mentioned earlier before we started recording, you asked about Mick Mars's age. So the guitarist Mick Mars was the elder statesman. I loved how he calls Tommy Lee drummer all the time. And I think that was actually true. Oh, yeah, that's so I great. think that was actually true, like, throughout, like, the whole time. Yeah. Shut up, drummer. He was just a dude that he considered himself an alien, not, like, for real, but he referred to himself as, like, an alien that just like playing guitar and he just wanted to be in a band and it turned out that this band of kids like in some cases what eight years five years six years whatever yeah and when he he tried out he had already had a uh, a son and he was like i'm just here to pay my child mm-hmm. support like i'm not i'm not here for a band that's not gonna make it so uh underrated mm-hmm. guitar player might uh, there is a story about him this i actually find this funny because there was a they had rented out a beach house for some party and at some point during the night uh, Mick Mars actually, I mean, he started off pretty chill, but he did, of course, get an alcohol problem like everyone else. So he drank too much and disappeared, but the, it was a beach house that so was on the ocean. So they were a little scared that he had drowned and they woke up the next day and they said that, um, someone was very excited that, that, that there was a beached whale up the beach because there was this small black lump. And when they got closer, mm-hmm. they realized it was, um, Mick Mars passed out on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Where it's all black. All so black. They, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, of course. There's a really funny scene in there. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same beach house or not, but there's all the, I think Tommy's character is starting to talk and he's like, Hey, wait a second, man. Nikki's not the only one in the band and blah, blah, blah. And they're going from like room to room and seeing what each of the mm-hmm. band members are doing. And they're all like doing drugs or they're, you know, probably having unprotected sex. And then they, there's a Mick Mars is laying on his back with his hands crossed across his chest and somebody walks up to him and they're like, Hey, and he just goes like, 
And it's just so funny. It just shows his personality. It killed me. Yeah, he. I, I love that whole thing. And I think he was he like, we're surprised they're he's alive. I think he's one of the reasons why. I think that like he was just enough of an adult to make sure that everyone ended up where they needed to be. Because they didn't want to like upset dad. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, I think Nick even Myers, yeah. in their drunken, even when they're in the drunken stupor, they're like, this dude is going through some horrible bone disease and he's still doing it. So mm-hmm. we got to keep pushing through. Yeah. And I feel like this is odd to say, but he seemed like the one who was doing the less amount of damage to himself, even though he had a like quart mm-hmm. of vodka in his head all the time. Yeah. And he seemed like the one who was doing like the less. You know, now, I, one of the things I do remember, well, a lot of the things I remember, but you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you like a band, I'm sure you went through this, Jimmy, you like, you try to like sell the band to your parents. So they, if they come in concert or if you're trying to listen to them, that they're not like, you know, is this the band that did all the drugs and had sex with all the groupies? Like you don't want them to know that stuff. Oh yeah. No mom, the, the misfits, no, the songs devil's whorehouse, mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? Oh, and why is there a picture of John F. Kennedy getting shot? Oh, yeah, no, they're fine. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go out with my friend's parents and buy it and tell them that it was okay. Yeah, because I remember a lot so, of yeah, I get that things where you'd like, you'd pick that one story and it'd be like, you know, home sweet home. Don't, home, don't, home sweet home. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> home sweet home. Did you say home sweet hoe and home sweet hog? I said, I said home sweet hoe and I said, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't get me started on KMFDM. Yeah. And like, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a great ballad. You know, here, guys, listen to this. They just, you know, they miss their families or they, you know, in this case, it was he got out of jail and wrote the song kind of thing. But little things like that. And I very much remember Vince Neil's daughter. And I don't. I remember that because there was a song about it on Vince Neil's uh, com- criminally underrated solo album, by the way. Uh, Rob, you might uh, know at least one song from because it, it was featured on the Encino Man soundtrack. You're invited, but your friend can't come. When Vince Neil's uh, daughter was diagnosed with that with that disease, like you had heard about it in the magazines, and then several, you know, then it was just enough time for you to be like, oh, maybe she was cured, and then she passed away, and it was it was sad because you know they had, there was a song written called Skylar, and it was you know you knew that Vince Neil was trying to get sober, and you're like, oh boy, you know this is you know he was trying to get sober for her, he was away from her yeah. for most of his life, and it's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, even to this day in interviews, he has not recovered from that. And I don't see why he would. Um, and it's, uh, that part coming back into the movie took this movie that was fun and, you know, naked people, drugs, crazy partying. How did these guys survive? And, oh, yeah, there were, oh, there yeah. were victims left Holy in the shit. way, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was, was kind of an interesting little aspect. Um, and, and even Vince knew like leaving the band because that was a big deal because it was, you mentioned, um, Dr. Feelgood coming out and how it was like this yes. big deal. Uh, the re- One of the reasons it was a big deal was because they hired Bob Rock, who was like the biggest music producer of that era to do it. And that's, they kind of hinted that. They hinted at that because um, they're like, when he's in the, the studio recording and they're like, he's like, I'm sick and tired of singing the same stuff over and over again. But it was like, what, their fifth album? And you, know, you would think he'd be used to it by now. It's well, like they just did one take recordings. And this guy is like, no, do it again, do it again, do it again. And that album sounds really good as a result, but is that the one where he says, I'm just tired of singing the same damn song 10 times when it was good. The first yeah, time. Yeah. Like, and they're like all out in the rest of the, the other part of the studio. And he's like, they're like giving him thumbs up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's, that's kind mm-hmm. of a throwback to the, um, 
who produced it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Bob Rock. I'm, I'm actually a little nervous that I'm screwing that up, but I will take a oh, look. Thank you. You're fine. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like right after that album broke, every almost every song on it that wasn't sexual related became a hit. Doctor Feelgood, Without You, uh, Same Old Situation, uh, Kickstart My Heart, like all of these songs hit after hit after hit in 1989, 1990, and then all of a sudden Vince Neil left the band. You know what the hell? And part of it was because they just didn't take his sobriety seriously, and they were messing with him. So then, you know, it the rest of the music that came out from them just wasn't as inspired as that. And of course, the taste changed. You know, like I actually used Pearl Jam as the the vision of the taste changing by having a giant Pearl Jam poster on the side of a the Tower Records or whatever it is. Yeah, I oh, thought it yeah, was I funny that Pearl Jam that. had a poster in there. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean, it's true. Um, it was Bob Rock. It was Bob Rock. Yeah, okay, so it was right. Yes, it was. Thank you. Um, yeah, so like they did that, and it was like from 1989 to 1990, and even early 91, some of the biggest albums in the world were all rock and heavy metal. Crew, uh, Guns N' Roses, Appetite, Metallica, Black Album, all those. And then all of a sudden Nirvana came out, and everyone was like, nope. And all these bands tried to get grungy and tried to be like, oh, no, we're not crazy partiers, and it just didn't work out. That was a very weird time for music. It was a very weird transition. Yeah, quick. Because you had, you had like Kiss not wearing their makeup, and you were just like, oh, yeah. God. Like, and what's weird is like that music that came out in the early 90s is still played on regular radio today, but Motley Crue, Poison, that kind of stuff is not. So like, you could turn on the radio and hear Bush. You could hear Pearl Jam, Nirvana, any of that stuff on classic rock, on regular rock. Stone Temple Pilots is always on. But I mean, you're never going to listen to like the rock station and all of a sudden, you know, I don't know, uh, Wild Side's going to come on or Girls, Girls, Girls. It just doesn't happen. They're really just, <laughs> I think the only place that's really getting airplay is uh, strip clubs. How would you know, Greg? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Rob told me. Okay. Uh, so I mentioned the music charts and the album coming out and then not really reaching the peak. Uh, thanks to this movie, Motley Crue has actually reached the top of the iTunes digital sales charts. They're number one, the Dirt soundtrack, which I thought was a really cool kind of thing. Holy cow. Yeah, I was shocked. I, after the movie, I actually friended our podcast with a bunch of their like Twitter feeds and stuff, and all of them were like, oh my god, thank you so much. They were like really cool about it. Yeah, I look, I saw Motley Crue you know, some years ago, like, some years ago uh, with Dr. Phil OK. Um, <laughs> thank you, Rob. No, I saw them, uh, I don't know, nine, ten years ago. And uh, they were awesome. Man. I, I'm not going to take a, take it away from them musically. 6 a.m. open for them. So Nikki Six played two sets. And I remember the uh, DJ Ashba, who's a guitar player of 6 a.m., and the singer at the time just came out and just hung out. Oh, that's cool. It wasn't anything crazy. They just walked did, around. Did and they do anything I, crazy with uh, no. Tommy Lee's drums? Um, on that show, no. I remember that they were notorious for having a, uh, quote, booby cam. Yes. And that the city of Virginia Beach, where I saw them, disallowed it. They said, if you guys are going to perform here, you're not going to have that. And they tried to anyway. Hmm. Well, they didn't even try to. I remember they they were just, like, panning the crap. Because, like, Tommy Lee would get up, and he would have a camera, and he would film women flashing them. Yep. And they they turned the the camera around on the crowd and sure enough and it wasn't even motley crew with the control of the camera they were just like god damn it what what that means is that somewhere someone has a video of somebody's mom flashing their boobs at a concert at a motley crew concert there's probably a lot of moms 
There's probably a lot of kids whose moms have videos of them flashing their boobs at Motley Crue concerts. Yeah, yeah the my mom wasn't a Motley Crue fan. Nah, I mine think. She would she would have flashed like a Commodore's concert, but <laughs> maybe BB King, but that's not really the right crowd. So the top five question of the week. Uh, yeah, how many of our moms did this? Who no, would um, your mom flash at a concert? Yeah, if you guys haven't had a chance out there to uh, to look at some of this, like the old footage, um, they did some cool stuff with his drums, with Tommy Lee's drums. They, yeah, they certainly did. Uh, so they one of them went out and over the stage. That was on the the Doctor Feelgood tour. That it the drum actually was on a like a I guess a track that hung over the crowd. So it would go out like thirty feet over the crowd with like speakers attached to it, and he'd play. And actually, Tommy Lee fell off of it one time. Thankfully, the crowd was intense enough that like they caught him, but he fell like thirty feet or something. Uh, the most recent thing when they did their Vegas thing, they actually had, the drum was on a roller coaster all the way around the venue. Um, Jesus. That. there's one where of course the, the regular just goes up and spins around that kind of thing. There was, Oh, they did one where it was in a, um, like a gyrosphere kind of thing. So it was actually, as he was playing drums, it would spin around like up, like somersaults basically and all over the place while, um, sparks and stuff would shoot out of it. So mm-hmm. check out those videos on YouTube. They're very cool. You like the fact that he could actually hold a beat when doing that is sort of impressive. Yeah, I actually saw his other band, uh, I think it was Methods of Mayhem. Yes. And he's got a big old tattoo that says Mom across his stomach. Mm-hmm. They've made some very unfortunate tattoo choices in their career. Yeah. And it's M period O period M because of the band name, which is kind of funny. And so, you know, I guess just going about, like, the movie was fun. It wasn't great. I think it made some weird decisions. There's some stuff, time, it's not really great radio, but, you know, some things that weren't quite at the right time. Eh. Yeah, fun's the term for it, I guess. Rob, would you call it fun? Yes. Okay. It Uh, made me want to take a shower in the worst way. (laughs) It made me want to sand my skin off. Because I told you guys last week that I got a thing for, like, I could never, and this is, like, a very fortunate thing, and I I feel very badly for people who do, but I could never put a needle in my arm myself there's no way and then i've i've watched which is why he has us do it for him no yes <laughs> i've watched movies the past two weeks in a me. row that yeah yeah i i would it's trust you so to bad do i've it, had actually. to find his toes actually I've had oh to find yeah god toes. yeah it's just it was very you know the depictions of drug use are very real um so if you're like me you gotta look away a couple of times did yeah did uh, the Go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. You're about to ask what I'm about to talk about, I think. Well, no, it had nothing to do with drugs. Oh, okay. The, Never mind. The scene where they where they tossed the TV onto the guy's car and then proceeded to unload the rest of the furniture. Did that happen? <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. Okay. I know that for sure. Were they, yeah. were they actually kept throwing furniture out the window onto the car? They actually uh, didn't. And they, it was a brand new car, too. They, they had took to the it. furniture from one room and threw it out of a room on the other side of the hotel to make it look like they didn't do it. Yes. Okay. I believe that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, something like that. But it was but, more than just the TV. Oh, yeah. Yes. What were you going to uh, the, they The fire in the hotel room was actually – was very true. Um, uh, oh, I was going to talk about the um, the death thing with, with Nikki Six. This is a story he, he recounts a lot in his book and also – that night. So he did, he was actually shooting cocaine with, with slash that night. So it's a little different than in the movie. So in the movie, he's got a, uh, he's with a dealer who shoots him up in the, in real life. He shoots him up with flat with slash slash actually does save his life and call, uh, nine one one to save him. 
After we recorded this episode, I did a little bit more research on this topic. Apparently, it was Robin Crosby of Rat. It was his dealer that provided the heroin to Nikki Six and shot him up with it. It was Peruvian heroin, and that is what temporarily killed him. Uh, Slash was there that evening, but he was not as involved as I let on, and it was not cocaine, so I was wrong two times, uh, thanks to some lovely research I did on the internet, but the book itself set me down the uh, path of correctness. Thank you. He goes in, gets kind of clean, as, as clean as you can get in a few days in the hospital, and then he comes back, and the way he described it is exactly what they showed. He said that he got home, felt like a complete loser, he made the answering machine message, which I think he actually still has. Not, I mean, it's not attached, mm. but he has the tape. He says, you know, can't come to the right now because I'm dead. And then he proceeds to shoot up. He said the biggest uh, crack cocaine, whatever he was shooting up. He said the biggest rock that he's ever shot up in his entire life. And he passes out almost immediately with the needle still in his arm, which causes it to keep, ble- which causes it to keep bleeding. And he says that he woke up. Ah. Hey, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to keep going until Jimmy actually passes out. He said he woke ah. up with his entire hand full of a puddle of blood. And he's like, no. I need to get help. And that's pretty much when he did that. Now he is actually very much associated with with helping um, with the opioid crisis. Yeah, and he has been for a while. Yeah, um, but by doing all of the opioids himself, there's none left for anyone else. Uh, I'm a bad person. The opioid crisis is not funny, no. but I just picture him stealing Equate X lax. Yeah, no, okay, um, that's fine. We'll move on. So we, uh, I think that mostly covers it. I. I've had a fun time watching it. I know it's not the best movie. It's not. There's a lot of things it leaves out. There's a lot of. I had a little bit of a hard time with the actors because I I know what these guys look like in every era yeah. of their life. So I could see mm-hmm. young actors in wigs a lot. But I thought it was you know it was fun after a while when they were starting to reenact things that I had seen in in yeah. videos. And I, the one I talked to Jimmy about before was uh, Tommy Lee always drumming on things like walking down the hallway before a show and that kind of stuff. They show that in their music videos all the time. Yeah, but I, I still don't think that means Machine Gun Kelly is a good actor by any sense. Probably not. No, but he was a fun uh, Tommy Lee. So, guys, if Come fight me, bro. If you want to know what a little part of the 80s was like, this is a pretty decent thing. If you, if you want to know why there's never going to be another huge rock band ever again, uh, it's because, you know... Adam Levine takes off a shirt at the Super Bowl and everyone freaks out and is like, ooh, I don't believe he would take off a shirt. There's kids watching. And you have bands that did this and way worse that came before all these guys. So, you know, we've gotten a little too sanitized for there ever to be a giant, another giant rock band and a little bit too things come and go way too fast because of the internet. Yeah, I, I just don't think in the modern climate that we're going to see any band that lives the, quote, lock, uh, rock star lifestyle that you know, Motley Crue. Did yeah, for it's good reason. It's pretty I much think, the rapper. Like, it's not going to happen again. It's pretty much rappers these days. Like, that's it. I mean, no one I really know. But yeah, then you're a bunch of just old rock and roll guys like Metallica. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, the rappers are living the life, but and and Met- paying the price. Metallica's like, we want to go to bed at nine o'clock. Stay off our yard. And I think the the showmanship is the the EDM guys. You know, with the giant projection and stuff like that. It's a combination of that. So. Either way, uh, if you want to see something about that, you know, that's that's where to go. Check out The Dirt on Netflix. Really entertaining. Don't watch it with your mom. I really enjoyed it. Don't and yeah, don't watch it with your mom. Uh, you can watch it with uh, my mom, maybe Rob's mom, but not. She'd enjoy it. Yeah, not not your own mom. 
Well, guys, it is time for the Give Me Five question, and we're going to kind of split this up a little bit. We're going to do two different questions, uh, and in honor of the dirt, Rob is recording from upon his toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rob. Oh, how's that? That Rob's our Tommy Lee of toilets. Yeah, Rob is is definitely the uh, Tommy Lee of the podcast. (laughs) I'm the Nick Mars. You're just somewhere in between. Jimmy's definitely the McMars. I'm like, the, the, I got to go to bed in 32 minutes. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Keep it down. If I don't go to bed in 31 minutes, I'm going to have a bad day tomorrow. Get off I'm my probably the, I'm probably the Nikki Six, not that I'm overly creative, but I'm probably the Nikki Six only because I do all the editing, and he was kind of the guy that like got everyone together. Yeah, he did. So anyway, we're going to do two quick questions here. All right. One of which related to it. One of it is because we finally got a chance to talk about music. And I will ask the first question, Jimmy, since it is his question, we'll ask the second one. Sure. So the first one is, uh, what tales of rock and roll debauchery, what are the top five tales of rock and roll debauchery that you know of? And uh, yeah, that's it. So what what stories from all of rock and roll's past do you think are the craziest? I'll go ahead and go first. Go so, oh wait, hold on. There's I got to do one disclaimer. Okay. Just because we're talking about them doesn't mean that we want to do them or look up to the people that do do them. I said do do. Do. Um, well, and this disclaimer goes for uh, two of the three of us. Okay, go on. Okay. So um, this also real quick disclaimer. I'm not 100 percent sure about number five on my list, but um, I found multiple uh, sources that it is true. Zach Wilde at 19 became the touring guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne. And uh, one of the creative minds that, you know, led to some albums that came out. Well, it's reported that he unknowingly kept himself alive. Rob, you might be able to kind of say if this is possible or not by drinking alcohol because it was discovered in 2009 that he had a very rare and deadly blood clotting disease. Yes. So, so by the blood being thinned by the alcohol, he was able to uh, tour and not experience blood clots. Is that a thing? That is a thing. You can you can severely damage your liver. Your liver is is partially responsible for uh, producing some of the clotting factors. So if you're destroying your liver, it's not producing clotting factors the way that it's supposed to, so it can help prevent your blood from. Hmm. All right. So number four is uh, Nikki Six dies and slashes shower and uh, shoots more heroin after that because that wasn't enough to wake up. As we talked about, number three, just because it was such a rock star thing to do, is Jimi Hendrix uh, lights his guitar on fire at the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967. Back then, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. It was like, what are you doing, man? Uh, And that was also in the years before uh, guitar sponsorship, so it's not like they were getting them for free. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it wasn't inexpensive back then. Uh, the Sex Pistols, just because again, such a rock star thing to do. The Sex Pistols broke up with Johnny Rotten kneeling down on the stage and said, "Ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Just drops a the microphone. They're done. Yep. Not exactly debauchery, but pretty damn cool. rock star entitlement." Wait, hold on, Did, hmm? you're gonna have to explain that a little bit more because I don't understand. So Johnny Rotten, the lead singer of the Sex Pistols, um, they came out to play a show, and he just kind of kneels down and says, ever get the feeling you've been cheated, and then just drops the microphone, 
and they didn't play again for a very long time. It basically broke up the band in front of the crowd before actually playing for them, an entire paying crowd full of people, just because he that was it. And it was kind of at the height of their, like, people Popular. didn't know about the Sex Pistols, and I think they only had, like, what, one album? Maybe two? Yeah, never mind the bollocks, here's the Sex Pistols. Yep. And it was like, okay, so the next big thing, punk's going to be huge, and then just breaks up the band because, well, technically their bass player was kind of a mess and ne- didn't really know how to play a, a bass, but... So. Sid Vicious, yeah, we won't mention him too much because he was a pile of shit. Yeah, but uh, I just not, thought it was a very wrestler, right? no, no, no. Who, I've yeah. actually seen the wrestler live. Um, no, their bass player, he was not a good dude. He went by the name Sid Vicious. He killed his girlfriend. Uh, anyway, uh, number one, Ozzy Osbourne bites the head off of the bat and becomes the Prince of Darkness that we now know. Uh, before then, he was separating himself from Black Sabbath, but now he is and then, the Prince of Darkness, you know. Yeah, and then, and then ruins then. that by starring on a TV show where he chases around... Sharon! Yeah, chases around Pomeranians in his bathrobe as they poop on his expensive I'm carpet. A, I'm not ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Greg, you, you told me a story about the whole bat thing that I don't know whether or not we'd actually talked about on the show before, I... And I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Do you think you could go over that? Which, oh, that it happened? Uh, about Ozzy Osbourne's recounting of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he thought that... It is funny. He thought that it was a... So the guy that brought the bat, he didn't kill a bat. It was... Yeah, it was just some kid. His He, like, found a dead bat and put it in a bag and threw it. And Ozzy Osbourne thought it was a plastic bat on stage, picked it up, bit it bit its head off, and when he bit into it, he realized it wasn't a plastic bat when it squirted this foul-tasting... He was like, oh, shit! Yeah, this foul-tasting, well, blood, basically, uh, into yeah. his mouth, and then he spent the rest of the night of this famous night of his life getting uh, rabies shots in his ass or stomach or wherever that happens. jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah, but listening to his description of it was like, oh my god, did I just bite the head off a live bat yeah, as yeah. the liquid nastiness was shooting down my throat? Yeah. What do I do? I gotta keep performing. I don't know. Yeah. This is my life now. But it was more like, because <laughs> you can't really understand Sharon! it. Sharon! Sharon! It's got a bat in my mouth. Ready? So, yeah. I, I got some. Go for it. I, I'm gonna go with Keith Moon, a drummer, I believe, from The Who. Uh, he drove yeah. a Rolls Royce into a pool at a Holiday Inn, I believe, in the oh, sure 70s. Did. Yeah. You got a lot of sad ones on your list. I do. Um, so I've got that one, but I had to counteract with this one who um, – now, this is a funny one, and it is not as bad as you think because she asked for it. However, <laughs> however – That's you, what they all say, Greg. Yeah, well, Marilyn Manson uh, wrote a book, and at the height of his popularity, he they were on tour, and a groupie, a deaf groupie, came to Marilyn Manson's hotel room and that he was sharing with, uh, I think, Twiggy Ramirez, one of his, his guitarists, and mm-hmm. – at, the, time, at yeah. the point, they had this tray of uneaten lunch meat, and they stuck it all to her naked body. They basically played a game of, like, sticking the lunch meat to her body, like, in various parts. And then they went into the shower and took turns playing a game in which they urinated the lunch meat off of her body. <sighs> Going from there, we've got the Nikki Six heroin overdose, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the snorting the ants, licking the urine, also from Motley Crue and Ozzy Osbourne. And then number one... The possibly happened, possibly didn't happen, mud shark story. Rob, do you know the mud shark story? I'll let you go ahead and tell that one, man. Please I explain. wouldn't. Mm-mm. So there is a hotel in Washington, I believe state, called the Edgewater. 
and it is right yes. alongside of a river. So all of the hotel rooms open up to the river, and all of these bands were staying there. It was on a big tour, and one of those bands was Led Zeppelin and I think Humble Pie and a bunch of other 70s kind of rocker, uh, arena rock bands. And they were fishing outside of the windows of the, the thing, and one of them caught – there's – it could be – a number of different type of fish, but the current story or the prevailing story is that it was a mud shark. Some people say it was a carp and some people say it was a catfish or whatever. But anyway, uh, this mud shark got pulled into the hotel room and there was a groupie that had been servicing the various bands and, um, the mud, she, the poor, uh, now dead mud shark was used to spank said groupie. And then, uh, they did other things with said mud shark, which I will not go too deep into. But that's pretty much what I just, yeah. You could go into it based on the phrase I just said. So they did violate a groupie with a mud shark. And that story was recounted in uh, uh, the one of the considered the ultimate uh, rock and roll books. It's uh, Something of the Gods, which I am very embarrassed. I don't remember right now. Wow. Was that Hammer of the Gods? Yeah, Hammer of the Gods. Okay. The Hammer of the Gods. It was like the first book about a, a rock band that really came out and – the only problem – it was published in 1985. The only problem with that re recanting is because it was the very first book written about a rock band, it is possible that they exaggerated stuff. But a lot of the other bands claim that they were there, and there is a picture of them fishing out of the window of that hotel. So that would be my number one all-time story of rock and roll debauchery. So, Rob, bring it home. Okay. Well, I am not as familiar with some of these as you guys, but – I'll uh I'll start at number five with just not not so much debauchery as it is amazement because I don't I don't know how Keith Richards is still up. <laughs> so, so so with with everything that's gone down I'm I, I how is how is he still alive I mean he's done so much shit I mean even even claiming to have snorted his own father's ashes yes yeah but um my number four I'm gonna go with uh, Tommy Iommi. I think that's how of, you say it. Uh, yeah, of uh, okay, of Black Sabbath fame. Of, of Black Sabbath, who in a in a prank gone wrong threw a bucket of alcohol on his drummer, who then inexplicably nobody knows how caught fire. I believe the drummer was Bill Ward of uh, Black Sabbath. Oops. Yeah, so <laughs> basically he set his drummer on fire. Hmm. Yeah, that might be why we have so many stories of like in movies of like, oh yeah, that's our seventh drummer because our last drummer died from this and that and whatever. Specifically, this is yeah, Spinal yeah. Tap. Um, my number three is going to be the Nikki Six incident that we've all talked about. Number two, all of my uh, other than that, all my others have already been mentioned. So my number two is going to be the Zach Wild thing because I think that is absolutely fascinating how he inadvertently yeah. kept himself alive by being a a shit faced alcoholic. Yeah. Um, but number one, the one that the, one of the ones that I knew about without having to look anything up was the bat incident with Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, that was uh, crazy. You know, you so actually we like only know one. who Zach Wild is. I mean, he's a fantastic guitarist, but we only know who Zach Wild is because of the death of Ozzy's previous guitarist. God, I'm fried. I've talked too much about my career. Actually, Randy Rhodes. Randy, thank you so much, Randy Rhodes, who kind of who did the whole Flying V guitar and wrote Crazy Train and Paranoid. Oh, not Paranoid. Crazy trained, a bunch of that kind of stuff. But he actually died about a mile from your house, Rob. Oh, really? You mean my house now or my house back uh, Your house right now. A few oh, miles okay. from your house. He died at the at the Sanford Airport. Really? Yeah. He was... Uh, what did he die from? Uh, he had always... He was young. when he, I mean, this guy had written Crazy Train before he was 18 years old. And they were mm -hmm. heading to a tour stop. They stopped the 
the uh, bus, and because the bus driver was a amateur pilot, and they rented a plane, and because he had always wanted to fly, and the bus driver uh, flew too low, and was trying to buzz the bus, and clipped the bus. Clipped it. He clipped the bus with the um, landing gear and crashed. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, Whoops. Fantastic album called Randy Rhodes Tribute. It's a live album. It's one of the best live albums. One of the only good live albums that's ever been released, actually. Nice. Okay, Jimmy. So, as mentioned, you had another follow-up question. So, hit us. I did, and I haven't really found a good place to ask this in the previous episodes, but I didn't want to hang on to it for too long. So, this one is, what are the uh, five bands that everyone else seems to love, but you just don't get? I guess I'll go first. All right. And there's probably a lot more I can come up with, but I'm going to go with these guys. So I went with bands that I theoretically should like because I could go with pop bands and I wouldn't like them anyway. Okay. So yeah, I went with stuff here. that in stuff that's kind of in theory in the genre that I would like. But uh, the first one is 21 Pilots. And I used to do a project, as you know, in, in my class where I would say, what's your favorite band? And then I would switch the bands and have students do projects based on a band that they didn't know or might not have been their favorite. Mm-hmm. And one of the students, of course, picked 21 Pilots. So I listened to it, and I could get through about one minute of it. I'm like, nope. You're like, they suck! Awful. Yeah. So uh, I have I listened to it again right before this episode, and I'm like, nope, still suck. So 21 yeah. Pilots, don't get it. Moving on. And I'm trying not to do old guy rants. I'm also picking bands that were like big when I was younger, too. So uh, that one, not so much, but then all the rest of them are. Uh, number four is Sublime. Everyone talked about how much they rocked. Uh, they were fake reggae. I really think the only reason they were popular is because the lead singer died. And I just, they still play them nonstop on the radio. And every time they fucking play Santeria is the, I cannot change the channel fast enough. Cannot stand Sublime. Yeah. Huh. You've brought that up to me over the years. I agree. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, System of a Down. Everyone that describes this band to me talks about two things. One, how they're, ro- how they're, incredibly awesome because their music is very mathematical and how their lead singer has you know writes about very socially poignant things because he's from like what azerbaijan or something like uh, that armenia i believe armenia yeah so he's seen he's seen some shit he's seen some genocide and stuff like that which is fine i automatically hate them <laughs> rob automatically hates them uh, i cannot stand his voice i can't get past it and I don't know. I just never, ever got into them. And what was weird is you'd see System of a Down and like on soundtrack albums because they were on like every soundtrack album. Yep. And you'd be like, oh, cool, a heavy metal band on a soundtrack album. And then I was, and then I would listen to it and get another song I didn't like, but for some reason was suckered into buying. Um, I've seen them probably more times than any other large rock band. Really? Yeah. And uh, I used to really like them. And, but I don't understand what all the, fervor is about hopefully them reuniting you know Serge Tankin who's a singer his Greg has reevaluated his opinion of you just now wait wait I did so I saw them so many times and then I think like the last time I saw them the singer was so high it was at the boathouse in Norfolk Virginia and people were just throwing bags of what I assumed was weed at him (laughs) and he would come up with a microphone and he would start to sing the next part and he would just giggle uncontrollably. So the guitar player, whose voice I think is even worse than his, would come in and fill in parts for him. And then after that, I swear it was like, you heard the guitar player so much more on their albums and their recordings that I was just like, this, I don't get it. 
I don't understand it. Man. They're kind of like heavy metal Bismarcky, but Bismarcky was actually joking. Yeah. Chop. Wake up. No. You want it? Done. No. Uh, uh-uh. Nope. I'm good. Okay. Number two, Counting Crows. My wife is going to murder me for this one because she likes them. Um, but I remember the era of MTV when this was on, when Counting Crows was on all the time. It was when Alternative went from Alternative Rock to Alternative, oh, we could make some money off of these bands. So like Counting Crows, Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, uh, wallflowers, all those kind of like lighter rock ones, and I just couldn't, again, couldn't get past his voice. Uh, yeah, round here. Yeah. yeah, see, I'm not like, yeah, not good. Keep going. And number one, completely and utterly controversial. I know this. It is because the band is always on the list of best, most important bands of all time. That is the Beatles. I understand that they're they're good, but I think that they were just bubblegum pop. And well, but it was for also most of their career, another era. So it is, and they have different genres. And I've I've read as many books as possible about, about them because I want to understand. And I understand they did some very interesting things with chords, but I also think that everything kind of before the White Album was not very good. I think John Lennon was kind of deified, despite the fact that he was an abusive asshole. Um, and I mean, if anything from the Beatles I like, it's George Harrison solo stuff. Oh yeah, and that's, and that's used kind to, of the extent of it. I used to dance to that when I was a baby. What about McCartney? I like his stuff with Wings, and I like and I like uh, Live and Let Die. Now I'm not saying I hate the Beatles. I'm just saying that the my confusion about the level of greatness for them is uh, very far removed from how popular they are. Like it's two very different ends of a spectrum. So uh, put me in the uh, Rolling Stones, the Who side of the argument on that one. So that is why the Beatles ended up as my number one. Yeah. Jimmy? Yeah, sure. So uh, <laughs> kind of funny. I'm going to go my number five. Uh, this is the band that I thought you were I thought you were talking about. And that mm-hmm. is uh, I thought you were talking about the Black Crows. I will cut you. Oh, what? Ah, she talks to angels. Hard to handle. Yeah, hard to handle. I mean, I like that. No, I just don't get it. Doesn't Black Friday, which is me. a very yeah. underrated song. Sorry. My number four, I'm going to piss more people off, is Slayer. I, I don't get it. I mean, we used to drive around my friend Nick Parrott's van, and we used to scream Slayer at people in front of Walmart because that's what we did when we were 16, 17. We'd just go <laughs> walk around Walmart at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and take pictures with our shitty cell phones. But I, I, I can't. God, we didn't it, have that it, shit he when had we a, were young. Yeah, he had a cell phone back yeah. then. Uh, if we had a camera, we couldn't take shitty pictures because it actually used film. It's yeah. like you, I, I can't, a Slayer song will come on and I just go, nope. So I'm probably going to piss we're a lot like, of people we're off like, with hold that. like, hold on, but... hold on, hold on. The flash is still charging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number three is Rush. Cannot stand Getty Lee's voice. That I understand. I just happen to like them. I, but I understand why a lot of people don't. Yeah, I can't do it. That was the one for me that is like, oh, they're so mathematical and they're so like yeah. progressive. And I'm just like, eh. I mean, I get that, but I don't. My number two is going to be Pink Floyd. I'm just pissing off all kinds of people, aren't I? Uh, Pink Floyd is my third favorite band of all time. Mm-mm. Not mine, man. I just they don't. I like one song and it's not even like the Pink Floyd era. It's Learning to Fly. It's a good song. It's a good song, but I don't get you know money, another brick in the wall. I, it's just not for me. My number one, the Beatles. You said it. It's like college football for me. I don't understand it. Like, I think my favorite Beatles song is Twist and Shout, which is a cover, 
Whereas the um, author Andrew O'Neill said, if you want a definitive example of throat shredding, it was John Lennon's vocals on Twist and Shout. Uh, it's just so raw, but the rest of it, just like bubblegum pop. I don't get it. So I'm so there sorry. We'll uh, please address all to angry it. emails to Jimmy. We're going to get, mur- I'm gonna get ousted as a co-host. I'm going to get murdered by a system of a down fan. I mean, I don't or like a bu- go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to say a bunch of sublime fans were going to uh, come after me, but they'll probably just smoke a bunch of pot and forget why they're mad. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have a list for this. Um, you, you guys both know that music isn't real. I'm more of the movie guy here. Um, there, that being said, there are a couple of bands that, you know, people talk about and I'm like, eh, okay. Um, but again, I mean, I, I feel kind of, kind of ridiculous because it's not really, they're not really like my music genre anyway. I mean, obviously stuff like Tupac and stuff like that. I mean, I don't really listen to, I don't get, um, but like ones that, that people love that I'm like, all right, it, Nirvana, Nirvana is probably one of my five. I can understand that. Wow. I just, I, it just doesn't do it for me. Uh, the Beatles would be on my list as well. I don't really care about the Beatles. I mean, I don't, if the Beatles, if Beatles songs come on, I don't typically stay on. I mean, it's not like, oh my God, I hate it. Get it off. The, I'm like, all right, well, what else is on? So I'm usually switching off the Beatles. I don't really care about Nirvana. Yeah, Nirvana is interesting because I, that's another one where like they were on their way out when he died. Like their, their second album, which, in later listens, and I'm talking about within me within the past few years, after I've taken extended education classes on how to listen to music, like a lot of the songs I didn't like because they had noise, they were just noise. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to wrap my brain around a little bit better, so I kind of get it. But at the time that it came out, it was like, oh well, Courtney Love ruined this band after one album or two albums, but one that everyone knew. Um, right. But they definitely were, for me at least, a sea change in music. They they were very much. You know, I didn't stop liking '80s metal, but I did move, you know, move on to alternative for the most part right around that album. Thankfully, Pearl Jam came out a few months later, so gotcha. we all know where that fell. Now, now I will, I will, since I don't have a full five, I'll flip it on, I'll flip it on its ear and propose something on the opposite side. Bands that you don't okay. understand, bands that you don't understand why everybody hates, because uh, I don't understand why every, I mean, like everybody hates Nickelback. I like the music. I know why everybody doesn't like them. It's because of but Chad it, Kroger. No, it's because it's people think it's just derivative, like just boring rock. I happen to like them as well. Okay, so I'm not. There's two of us. Right on. There's two of you. Yeah, but I'm not. One I of actually them. back in the day when it actually mattered, I, I liked them on Facebook just because there was one of those stupid things that went around, like click on this and see who you should unfriend. What's well, like or. Or Who's going to get more likes? This, this pickle. Pickle, yeah, exactly. Or, or Nickelback, and I purposely liked them. I'm like, and let's be clear, I met them. They were the nicest band I've ever worked with when I worked in the radio station. They were, one, they're Canadian, so that makes sense. But they were polite. They were polite. Did they, they apologize were, They stayed pretty much. They signed stuff for every fan. That was the, I was running t-shirts for them when I passed out at the concert, which I think I've said on the show. And mm-hmm. they were the ones that actually helped me up and well after the doctor gave me salt they actually brought me into their tent and let me hang out with them until i cooled down and when i started like going to get more shirts they're like no no no, i don't want you to get hurt so super cool dudes and their first album and their first album was really good not a fan yeah i think a lot of people give maroon 5 a lot of crap too but i like them but 
I, I do think I would like to actually do that question at some point, maybe Rob. Okay. Um, I think we should. But um, I don't want to go too long here, and I do have a rant. Speaking of things that I'm angry about, and this is gonna, well, this is this is the rant I've been waiting to do for months. Are you gonna rant about us not letting you rant? I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're gonna hear about it. Okay, so I'm angry about something. Okay. And what Jimmy, you, you, you were there. About? You were there when I first cut, got the brunt of this, but it's been a few months. I think this things was... have, might have changed. Yeah, you're you're a sweet, lovable man, and and you, I was pissed. Yeah, he is. You don't get angry about a lot of stuff, but this was I I felt a little uncomfortable about this. So because you were so passionate about it. Yeah. Like, so oh, one wow. of my one of the good things when you when we used to work late nights. Once a month, approximately, we would go over to Moe's, right? Welcome to Moe's. Yeah, and there was that. Well, I hated that fucking douchebag manager guy that was like, Man, everyone worked. Everyone has worked with this guy. This wow. is a whole other side. Yeah, I, this is a whole other side. But everyone has worked with that manager that follows the rule book by the, like by the book for like a job that it doesn't matter if you don't. And would yeah, like, you know, if you didn't say twenty percent, yes, man. Yeah, like I understand following following the rules for like the job that if you don't, someone dies. But like this guy was, if you didn't scream "Welcome to Mose," he would glare at you if you were the, one of the fellow employees. And like he was just, I didn't like this guy. But anyway, that is besides the point. So it has been a while since I've been to Mose because I started bringing my lunch because I figured it was a little bit healthier. Uh, well, anyway, so I tend to go for some reason coincidentally on National Signing Day for college. I always end up at Mose. So, and whenever I'm there. They show the ticker, and you see who's getting signed by the various teams. So on National Signing Day, I decided to go to Moe's to see what how the Florida Gators were doing, and I ordered the chicken. And the guy was a different guy, but he seemed a little strange when I asked it. He's like, you sure? Yeah. What <laughs> does that mean? <laughs> He's like, well, which which do you want, this one or this one? And I was like, this one that they used to have, and he kind of was like, hesitated and he's like okay here's the here's the adobo chicken which by the way thanks to rob i know what adobo is and i'm like okay that's interesting but sweet adobo chicken is delicious no it is not it's philip when it's filipino yes there you go thank you for that (laughs) so i get my delicious burrito whole wheat burrito rice queso adobo chicken a little bit of black beans back to the table i bite into it and i really thought that someone had put a piece of chewed gum in there. I was like, ah, and I pulled this thing out of my mouth and put it down. I was like, okay, I got a bad piece of chicken, but you know, they chop up the chicken in this thing. I'm like, okay, moving on, take my next bite. And this next piece made me feel as if someone had thrown a scrotum into my burrito. Oh my. Wow. This chewy, wrinkly, rubbery thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we're now, I'm down halfway on the this not very large burrito, and I've now pulled multiple pieces of gross chicken out, and I'm like, interesting. So I decided I'm going to unwrap the burrito and see if all of the chicken is the same. And each piece was more vile looking. Like, I'm sure you've seen pictures of like, you know, oh, someone found a fried chicken head in their chicken McNuggets or something like that. Like, each piece was more vile than the last. So I'm like, I've got a phone on me. I'm going to do a search to see is it almost or just this one. It's been a while since I've been here. I type in Moe's onto my cell phone. The very first thing that came up is, did Moe's change their chicken? Ah. I click on the link, and it was like a one-star Yelp review, saying like, Moe's chicken's now gross. It, it tastes like a scrotum. <laughs> Not really that, but close enough. I was like, uh-huh. So I go onto their Facebook page, and regardless of what they're posting, you know, it's 
it's Tuesday. It's time for a burrito. It's like in the, every comment. Yeah, it's time for a burrito if you don't have the same fucking nasty chicken. So, and everyone's like, no, well, we use organic chicken now or we're decided to do this. So my thought is that they switched to organic chicken and it turned out that it was, um, which is fine. However, it was probably too expensive for them to use good cuts of organic chicken. So they're using uh, just weird thigh meat and other bits of gristle and grime and nastiness. I've heard that they are working on changing it back, but until I actually go back to Moe's, um, I, I'm angry. I'm enraged. Yeah. Put your chicken back the way it was. It was perfect the way it was. And keep, Man, and keep your I, queso the way it is. I feel tears here. Thank you. Yep. Now, uh, let me tell you something. I've been back to Moe's at least twice okay. because I wanted to see what you were talking about. I really enjoy their steak. I really enjoy uh, – I enjoyed their chicken. Now they have another chicken now. Oh, it's called like, yeah, it's called the Moho chicken. Uh, So is it the first white meat good chicken? It is. And, uh, uh, I, I went in there. It was kind of just, uh, this is super close. Let's just go see what it's about. And I went up to the guy and I was like, Hey, what's the not gross chicken? (laughs) And he was like, well, honestly, it's this one. This one's the white meat. This one's a dark meat. Dark meat chicken does not age well. It's it's very much I I use it in a lot of the the recipes that I make. They, you know Indian tikka masala, uh, and they're great because they're super moist and tender. But if you leave them out, yeah, no, it's not good. It's gummy. So, it tastes I don't know. It tastes like something that yeah. a, that a hobo peels off of his foot after a long day wearing boots. It's not no. Oh, wow. gross. But if if I could. If I could buy you a burrito, if we could go back there. Um, I will accept a burrito. It, it's gotten better. Somewhere out there, Jubals, who is our uh, resident taco fan friend, is like, <laughs> like, uh, but I want a burrito. <laughs> well, either way, Bose, if you brought it back, then my my rant is null and void. It's, but it stands well, no, it's, for now. No, it's back-ish. Okay. And they don't – if you go in and you're like, hey, I want chicken, they'll give you the adobo chicken. So you will got give to them like, a fork to the side of the face. Yeah. Don't just be like, Hey, I want the not nasty chicken. Okay. I want the chicken that is not gross. If you give me the gross chicken, I'm bringing it back. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Uh, tell people yeah, you're welcome. how they can uh, reach us if they need to. Actually, I would like to encourage all people when they go to Moe's to get up to the register, take a bite of their burrito before they pay. <laughs> and just look them dead in the eye. I'm testing this first. Chew very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> As Rob is chewing very slowly on something <laughs> while he's in a while he's sitting on a toilet. <laughs> oh, you guys! If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. We our handles are both the same on there. They're at give me five pod. You can email us directly at give me five podcast at gmail.com. And please guys in advance, leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Castbox. There are so many other ones out there, which you guys choose to listen on listen to us on and we really appreciate it but a review would be great it helps us kind of stay afloat really and we have wow never mind yeah yeah, i don't know if that's a thing but um we still want a review on it (laughs) yeah but uh we have a store 
which you guys can purchase some awesome merchandise, including bath mats, t-shirts, mugs, koozies, I think. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. And that is uh, Give Me Five Podcast. Christmas Garland. Threadless.com. I don't think we have Christmas Garland, but that would be pretty cool. We should. Yeah, I like our colors. So, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in there. Go take a shower after this episode. I know it's been pretty difficult. Go take a shower after you see the dirt. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. We'll see you next time. See ya. Since you've stayed listening for so long, here is the hidden track on the podcast. Uh, one time, Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash uh, was so high that he thought that the alien from Predator was trying to kill him. Uh, in 1989, the guitarist, he actually punched his way through a glass door at a golf course in Arizona. I guess he was staying there on a concert, uh, completely oh, naked and fearing for his life and ran uh, I guess out and then grabbed a hotel, a hotel maid and tried to throw her in the way of the uh, imaginary <laughs> alien trying to murder him, which could go invisible. So I understand that completely. Yeah. Now, did he have his top hat on? I, I think he, yeah, he had to have had the top hat on. I think he okay. slept in it, didn't he? Pretty much. I've actually seen a couple pictures of him without it. He looks weird, but there you go. Don't do drugs, kids. Egon. <laughs> nice.